Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, good looking. Why is a nice boy like you listening to a podcast like this? Take this down, hot stuff. Record Rangers is part of the Daily Record Podcast Network. Subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom. Mwah. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Sunday Mail sports writer Scott McDermott. Two big talking points in the pod today and we will be taking a deep dive into both. A thistle doubleheader that proved relatively thorny, but what have we learned from Rangers' sojourn into the West End? And a look ahead to the Old Firm game where we ask the obvious question, how do you stop this rampant Celtic team? But before we do any of that, Scott, you've just come out of a press conference with Pedro Cascina. What, what did you learn today? Well, it was a bit difficult for us, Johnny, because obviously for the Sunday paper, we are kind of... <coughs> We need to speak to Pedro, almost kind of looking ahead after the Old Firm game, um, which is, is tough because I mean the, the result, so kind of the mood and the mood inside the camp, the mood of Pedro Cascina will be so dependent on what happens on Saturday. So he was actually quite relaxed with us. I think he quite enjoyed after going through the kind of dailies press conference and broadcast, but it's just Celtic, Celtic, everything Old Firm. He was quite relaxed with us and he spoke a wee bit about going to Canada for the. The Benfica game in a couple of weeks, uh, the Eusebio Cup friendly. Um, he spoke a wee bit about Alfredo Morelos, how the two Mexicans, Peña and Herrera, have kind of uh, settled in so far. So he was a wee bit more philosophical, a wee bit more relaxed, but he laughed when we kind of finished up at the end. You know, he kind of said, I'll, I'll speak to you on Saturday. So he kind of knows that the, the tough questions will come for us on Saturday if, if things don't go his way. Any news on injuries? I know there's a few. Declan John, Bruno Alves looking touch and go. I'm just going with what I've heard for the, the dailies press conference. I think there's no update on John or Alves. I think they're just mon- monitoring them day by day. I think they confirmed Lee Wallace is going about for um, for some time, maybe two months, just over two months. So um, that Declan John signing is probably crucial for them because I mean uh, he played well. Uh, on Tuesday night at, at Firhill so with Lee Wallace being out we've spoke before about no having to rely on Lee Hodson to cover both full back positions at least with John in there he's proved he's got pace good left foot likes to get up and down um, so Cachinho will be delighted that he made that signing just before the, the window closed um, because of Wallace's injury now Move into we'll move into the, the two games against Park Thistle Essentially, two poor results because if you think about it, two-two draw. Yep. You were at the game, and then a, a what was essentially a one-one draw. But Rangers yeah. obviously accelerated, put on a little bit extra gas in the second half in the um, in injury time, and and pulled out the result. But I think the main thing for us to discuss is probably the defence. You know, sports scene and BT Sport went to absolute town on the guys at the back there, deservedly, I would say. 
are we beginning to see a little bit of pressure now on Bruno Alves? You know, when players come to Scotland, if they have a good couple of games, it often stands them in good stead for the next 10 or yeah. 15. And I'm just wondering, big Bruno, he reminds me a bit of Lorenzo Amoruso in a sense that he's you know, a big, handsome, Adonis-type character, looks unruffled. But defensively, maybe when he's not 100% on the ball, yeah. can switch off a wee bit, as we saw with Partick's second goal in the first game. Listen, I don't think Bruno Alves has made any glaring errors as yet, no individual errors that have, that have cost goals or, or led to goals. I think um, we'll see the real Bruno Alves if fit on Saturday because he strikes me as a guy who will relish big games, big atmospheres, big tests, you not know, going up against a Dembele or a Griffiths when, when the atmosphere uh, is like it will be on Saturday. So... Listen, he, he was culpable, certainly. He uh, played his part in the... Was it the Erskine goal? Um, yeah. In the, in the, the league game <coughs> at Firhill, where he tried to step out and play offside. There was other defenders behind him. No, he wasn't close enough. There was other errors in the defence for that goal as well. It was about four or five, yeah, wasn't there? It was in the catalogue. Yeah, so... I wouldn't be too critical of him yet, but it'll be very interesting to see how he plays on Saturday because Rangers and Cachinha will need this This is really when they'll need Bruno Alves to step up and show no, sh- no, show all the experience that he's got and no, the leadership qualities that, that we kept hearing about when he signed so um, it's games like this you knew that at the start of the season it'd be Celtic games Aberdeen away Hearts away Hibs away that, that's when Rangers will really need Bruno Alves to step up but I think the two games against Thistle showcased the kind of good and bad of Rangers. I think, if you're looking at it positively, there were definite signs there no, that no, eventually this team might click and might gel. There was, going forward especially, I think there was phases in the game where the passing was good, there was high intensity, there was good tempo, and the quality was good. But... There's also spells, you know, there's these lulls in the game that Rangers seem to go through at the minute where the intensity drops, the tempo drops, and ultimately because of that, the, the quality drops. So if you're a Rangers fan, I think you'll be seeing wee glimmers of hope there, you know, whether it's an individual player, whether it's moves, whether it's the, the kind of shape of the team going forward. But as you quite rightly say, I think the worry for them will be that the defence, I mean, they're struggling to keep a clean sheet at the moment. So. Ta- Tavernier, he's a player I'm sure you've sat down with because yep. he does a lot of press. Yep. Um, he seems to make the, the same mistake over and over again. I think a lot yeah. of fans find it infuriating. Now, I personally think he's a really good player. Yeah. Uh, he's quick, he's strong, he's got a tremendous cross, great delivery, uh, free kicks as well. But he just seems to have a... a a blank point when it yeah. comes to defending that yeah. back post. We've seen so many goals. Has Jinky's been sat well, down and shown these in the videos? Well, you, you would think so. I mean, it's the frustrating thing about uh, Tavernier is that he does the hard part of the game well. I mean, he's got all the attributes to be a top class right back. You know, he's got the physique, he's got the, you know, the physicality, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. He's got an engine, he gets up and down, he can play you know, with both feet. He's comfortable. But as you say, I mean, the simple... You'd think with all of those attributes in his locker, somebody would spot the one glitch and say, listen, 
we need to work with you on defending at the back post because as you say I mean I think for I'd love Walter Smith to get a hold of him yeah because Walter Smith did the same thing with Alan Hutton didn't he yeah and I know it was only for six months then Hutton got his move but yeah. I mean for that six months he was absolutely incredible you're right someone like Walter right. who but, could but put the fear of God in him but I thought Cashinia would, would do that I mean I thought he would look at it as much as he would admire his attacking qualities I think I thought he would have looked at him and said right we need to improve this guy defensively and there are times when he does he's good in the air no, he wins balls, no, kind of diagonal balls into the box, he'll, he'll go and win when he's in the right position. I don't think he's a bad defender, one-on-one, one. no, it's effective, I think. He's decent one-on-one, on one, unlike Cardozo, who we'll, we'll maybe go on to, but you're right, there are, I mean, there was two Thistle goals, uh, the one we spoke about at the back post, and then the one where Salmon out-jumps him. No. And he got slaughtered on BT Sport, and I thought, I thought a bit unfairly, I thought they apportioned too much of the blame. Probably. You've got a smaller right back going up yeah. against a big exactly. towering aerial centre it's, forward. It's That's tough. his meat and drink. It is, but, but I think for me, it's the last minute of the game. I mean, you're in 90. As a right back, if I'm right back there and I know the guy's bigger than me, just do something to put him off. Aye. Even, I mean, Salmon actually had a hand on his back and gave him a wee nudge. Even go down as a last resort. Try and make the, the referee you know, give you a free kick for the for the push. But I mean he just did nothing. It, it was like Salmon was head and shoulders above him. Mm. And then um he knocks it down to, to Doolin and I think that's where Cardozo let himself down. Um because again it's the last minute of the game. If you're a centre back and a centre forward, you must know where Salmon's header is going. Doolin's allowed to take a touch. That's when Cardozo should have been in about his ankles getting a block on or getting a toe in to get the ball but if you watch the goal again he actually, Doolin's allowed to take a touch swivel get the shot away in the six yard box in the six yard box and when the ball hits the back of the net Cardozo's still half a yard off him and it's easy to say but if that if, if I say if the similar situation happens on Saturday and it's Dembele or, or Griffiths or whatever no, no disrespect to Chris Doolin who's a great, great finisher but no, we better strikers if you give them that space in the box and they're going to punish you. Is it worrying with Cardoso more generally? Um, we've seen we've seen him given a bit of a torrid time um, a couple of times now. Anthony Stokes got in about him in the Hibs game. Um, even against Progress Niederkorn, against a big bustling centre forward, he had his moments where he didn't he didn't dominate. Yeah. Um, and now we've seen against Thistle. Arguably, in the lead up to the, the the free kick goal, he was culpable as well. He, yeah. Number one, he allowed the ball to bounce. Number yeah. two, silly foul. It was a silly foul on Story, and Story I felt ragdolled him a yeah. little bit when he got the opportunity. More worrying for me probably was the in the second Thistle game when Salmon squared him up. No, Connor Salmon's got certain qualities, but I mean facing up a defender and. Going past him with a, a double shuffle is, isn't really one of them, or it isn't what you would associate with. But he squared Cardoz up in that first off, did the wee jink and got by him and get shot away, and it was a great save by Anik at his, at his near post. And it just then reminded you of the, the Simon Murray goal at Ibrooks yeah. when he got at Cardozo square and went past him, wheeze, uh, and scored. Listen, I, th- I think Fabio Cardozo, like Tavernier, like we're speaking about, He's got all the attributes. He looks as if he's got the attributes physically 
to be a good cent to be a good centre half. Um, he's obviously done relatively well in Portugal, where Cachinha's uh, spotted him, and he's still young enough to learn. And as we've spoken about before, the Rangers fans would have been hoping that beside Alves, his game would come on. But as we also said before, you just don't get that time to adapt at Rangers and in, in Scottish football. And every wee mistake or every goal is uh, scrutinised by, by people like us. So, again, I don't want to be too critical, but your question was, no, should, should the fans be worried? I think they probably will be because the, the defence doesn't look solid enough, doesn't look capable of keeping a clean sheet at the moment even against the lesser sides and obviously against Celtic who scored five the last time at Ibrox that would be a, that would be a concern I think it's maybe slightly unfortunate that Danny Wallet, uh, Danny Wilson yeah. is left footed and therefore would naturally slot in in where, where Alves plays yeah. if he was more naturally on the other side it might be putting a little bit more pressure on Cardoso in, in yeah. the knowledge there's someone there that could come straight in whereas I don't think Pedro's going to want to play Alves and Wilson unless he's forced two left footers no it's just unusual. It'd be unusual to, to see that. It is. I mean, it happened. Uh, it happened before Pedro came in, or even when Pedro did come in, maybe like Clint Hill and Danny Wilson, didn't it? it just. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I mean, it just never looks good. I mean, come back to the uh, going off tangent a wee bit. The the, the recent Scotland game. There's four of them. There's four it? of them. And Craig Gordon, but back five are left footers. So, no, it just doesn't look right. Listen, I think uh, with regards to Bruno Alves. Rangers will be doing everything in their power to get him fit and even if he's only at 75 80% I think Pedro would want to would want to play him on Saturday just for that experience leadership stature no because I know Pedro's obviously talking up Ross McCrory uh, Wilson's injured isn't he he's, I think he's getting he, up yeah so it would be McCrory it would be McCrory and I th- no, Pedro's comments after the Thistle game about McCrory, which have caused a wee bit of a stir, no, that he's going to be the, the best best centre half since. I liked that. I liked it because it was a bit, it was a bit different. I well, which Pedro often is, <laughs> but I suppose it just depends on the boy's character. If the boy's the kind of character that that'll build him up and yeah. make him feel strong, I think going into an old firm game, if he needs to play him, that's this kind of mentality he needs to be I in. I think I think he is the right character. I mean, I've only limited dealings with Ross McCrory but I've watched him quite a bit covering I cover quite a lot of Scotland under 19 Scotland under 21 games and I like him I think he's a decent decent player good prospect I think he has got the right mentality and I think that's why Pedro would have done it but I think the other reason that would maybe worry me from a supporter's point of view is I just wondered when he said it did Pedro know at that point that Alves is struggling to make Saturday and at that point he knows I'm going to need to put this boy in so I need to talk and I'm going to need to talk him up build his confidence up you know some people might think he's threw the boy under the bus a wee bit because if he makes a mistake if he does play on Saturday and he makes a mistake costs a goal then he's going to get slaughtered for it obviously um, Cachinha and McCrory I would imagine so um, it, it's a dangerous game when you talk talk young players up still the Baggio Baggio moment again so it is a dangerous game but I can see why he did it and he probably thinks well he clearly does think it was the it was the right thing to do on on that occasion Um, and that that makes me wonder if Alves really is toiling but as I say 
Rangers will be doing everything in their power to get him strapped up and out, out there on Saturday. One of the talking points, especially in the second game, obviously, but across the two games we saw a fair bit of Carlos Peña. I think we disagree slightly on the impact. Personally, I think Rangers, as a structure, in terms of what Pedro's trying to do, with Peña in there as a number 10, dropping off into space, I think you can see a more cohesive unit when you've got someone doing that. I mean, I've yeah. been talking about that on this podcast. Kenny Miller not really doing it, dropping too deep. He's actually overworking. And uh, I thought Peña just got into lots and lots of dangerous positions, constantly making yeah. dangerous drifting runs. However, he didn't do a lot, with the exception of a truly remarkably good header, yeah. um, which was a, a, a moment of real quality. But other than that, he didn't really do a lot with those runs. But for me, I can see the player there. I'm yeah. starting to understand why he was signed. Yeah. It's whether or not more game time will, will translate itself but, into improved performances. But was, but was Peña able to get into those positions the other night because he had no defensive responsibility at all? I, I couldn't see. I watched him for large spells of the game and you're right, I mean, he did play in the hole, for want of a better expression, the whole night. Whereas Kenny Muller would go and charge down full-backs, he would drop back in on their defensive midfielder, he would press centre-backs... Peña didn't do that and you're right that allowed him just to be in that space and when he did get the ball Rangers looked to have a dangerous situation and a, a potential kind of uh, chance in front of goal or opportunity to get in their box I don't know I mean I, I just felt for long spells the other night he was just out of the game and I don't on Saturday for Rangers I don't think you can afford any passengers or anyone that's no constantly contributing to the game even when they've not got the ball because he's going to have to he's going to have to sit on Scott Brown that's going to yeah. be anyone that's playing that role on Saturday if they're going to play in the same way if Pedro doesn't throw a surprise if they're going to play a 4-4-1-1 yeah. that person needs to stop Scott Brown controlling the midfield like he did last night I think so I, mean, I think if Rangers are going to get anything on Saturday they need to find a way of stopping Scott Brown dictating the game because that's what he'll try and do it's what he did at Dens Park it's what, he did. it's what he's done in so many games this season Rangers need to get someone tight to Scott Brown and just disrupt him no, disrupt the flow of Celtic he dictates the tempo for Celtic dictates their rhythm you need to upset that to try and cause them cause them a problem and to be fair the Dundee game last night I know it was only for a short spell but the first 15-20 minutes Dundee had a game plan and it was working quite well they were forcing Celtic into a few errors Brown wasn't having that influence very early on in the game but Dundee then missed two clear cut chances which you can't do against Celtic and then at the other end give away a penalty and as soon as Celtic go ahead your game plan kind of changes and you're struggling because they just work the ball so well and just wear you down basically and, and, and that's what happened if you're saying to me, get Peña onto Brown, I'd be amazed if, that's, if that would be successful for Rangers. I think a more sensible approach, granted it looks as if Jordan Rossiter is injured again, we've not yeah. seen him for two, for two, uh, two games, 
I don't think Pedro Cassini has really spoke about he is, it. He is. Well, it's certainly, I, I understand that he is injured. Yeah, I mean, if he was fit, to me, the best option for Rangers would be Rossiter and Jack sitting in the midfield and push Dorans on one and get Dorans onto Brown. No, he would have the discipline for he's it. He's got energy, he's got discipline, he's good on the ball, he doesn't mind a tackle, he gets about the pitch. Um, and he also knows Scott Brown's game because he'll have been in countless Scotland squads where he played games with him. He'll know what he's all about. He'll know what that game's all about. Getting him around Brown, I think, would have been a tactic. But if Rossiter's injured, they don't really have anybody else to sit in there. I mean, they go with like Jason Holt, for instance, to sit beside Jack. The only thing I would say with Jason Holt is I think his best performance in a Rangers jersey came at Parkhead in mm, that role. That's right. And he, he played really, really really well against yep. Scott Brown there but he's not had a lot of game time no. he can't be sharp he looked decent when he came on the other night considering as you say he hadn't played in a long time yeah. and looked as if he was drifting totally out of the picture um, just another thing in Rangers while we're on talking about you know, how they played at Thistle and, and approaching the Celtic game and we've spoken about this before but they play with an intensity for spells in games they play with a tempo and an intensity that you see Celtic doing for long spells in games. To me, Rangers are doing that for five, ten-minute spells and then there's a ten, fifteen-minute lull. It happened in both Thistle games. I mean, the, the extra, in terms of a, a kind of spurt, if you like, the extra time is a prime example. I mean, the game finished, you thought Rangers were dead in their feet and Thistle were the ones with the momentum and the ascendancy and Rangers came out from nowhere took the top scorer off and blew this away in the first 10, ten minutes of extra time they, they seem to start games really well start second halves really well but then there's this lull and they just can't they don't seem to be able to keep this intensity up for long spells and the problem with that is that if you don't score when you're having your good spell you're then struggling when you get into that into that lull um, and that, for me, would be a worry against Celtic because they've shown under Brendan Rodgers the last two years, basically that's what they're all about. Tempo, intensity, press, counter-press, that's what he talks about all the time. Is that a fitness thing, do you think, between Rangers and Celtic, the difference? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, obviously we don't see what goes on at training every day and we don't know about fitness levels and you know, it's so high-tech nowadays, GPS and all the rest of it terms of how fit the players are the only thing we can really go on and whether you take it with a pinch of salt or not it's up to you but also Michael Halloran had a wee pop at Cashinia's training methods training regime I think O'Halloran said it wasn't hard enough for him it wasn't intense enough for him he had to go and do his own his own thing if that's true then maybe no that's what you would put this down to maybe, maybe it isn't intense enough maybe they're not being worked hard enough I would be surprised at that. It's short, I think, because it's the tactical periodisation system. They've got, they're have got they working extra days because he, he's cancelled the Wednesday, yeah. the traditional Wednesday. But funnily enough, that one of the marked things about tactical periodisation is it's short bursts yeah. of training. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of ties it into that. It, I think, though, the thing is, I suppose that's a massive adjustment for players who've been used to being training under British coaches who, who have got an entirely different yeah. and perhaps more intense yeah. uh, training system. So Listen, and maybe it's an old firm game on Saturday, the, the adrenaline's pumping, the atmosphere will be electric, 
I, I can't think if I was a player that you'd be able to play in an old firm game without playing with intensity. Do you know what I mean? I mean, every minute of that game, you'd think... We could play with intensity oh, for 90 minutes. Of course, of course. Of course, of course, of course you could. Of course you can't. You just can't relax for a second in these games. And the players must know that. Um, so if, if Rangers have any sort of lull during this game on Saturday, then they're going to pay the price for it. We touched on Pena and Kenny Miller. And I suppose... The, 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 the correct link from that is what's going on with Kenny Miller I mean we've got the official viewpoint that he was rested but I think it's fair to say in social media and just general opinion was dubious about that like yeah, what's your take? There's, I mean, again we can only go on the official line I mean there is rumblings that Kenny Miller maybe wasn't too happy about being left out we know the type of guy he is no, having interviewed him over a number of years I'd be absolutely amazed if Pedro Cachina asked him, no, do you need a break? Would you like a wee break? Would you like a rest? Would you like a bit of time with your family? Before, no, two games before an old firm game, a crucial away game in the Premiership, there's no way Kenny Miller would want that. Well, just but, to give the fans a wee insight, what, I mean, what's Kenny like? Is he an intense guy about his football? What's... Oh yeah, I mean, he's a football fanatic. I mean, he's so passionate so obsessed that's why he wants to get into coaching when he when he eventually stops playing I mean you don't play on the age that he has and the condition he's in the condition he's in at the level he's played at if you're no um, a fanatic a football fanatic and that's why for any he wouldn't want to be left out any game do you know what I'm talking about a guy that's got so many caps played for Rangers and Celtic I mean there's no way he'd have wanted a rest what I would say is purely on a personal level I think he's been really off form at the start of this season I've said to you before I don't know whether it is the position that he's playing in whether he has been asked to do too much whether he would rather play as that no central striker as opposed to the one who just drops off I'm not sure why it hasn't really clicked for him this season under under Cushinia but certainly the last home game against Dundee for the first time in a long time the, the Rangers punters were actually getting on his back a wee bit things weren't going from misplaced passes uh, chances to shoot and he would take the extra touch and lose the ball I mean I, I wouldn't say he was cheered off but when he eventually got subbed certainly round about us in the press box the punters were quite happy that, that he was going off they wanted somebody on but I can't remember if it was Pena or not came on but so he's been off for him however do you leave a guy like that out for an old firm game? I mean, his record in old firm games, I think he's got 11 goals now. Is that right? But I know it's, it's fantastic anyway. And throughout his career, he's been a big game player. Wherever he's been, for whatever club, he's always, even when he has been you know, slightly off for him, he's normally produced goals, big goals when it matters. So... I mean, he's a guy, a guy that tormented Fabio Cannavaro when he was at his very best. So, I mean... <laughs> Well, I just think it's a gamble for Cachina to leave him out if he is going to leave him out. I mean, the, the fact that he rested him would suggest that he wants him ready f- for the Celtic game. But if Pedro Cachina thinks like you that, that Peña came in and did a great job at Firhill and is more suited to that role playing off the striker, then he might just go with that and he might leave him out. What well, do you think Pedro designed 
Pena to do? What, what do you think? Do you think he saw him as a number ten or a central midfielder? Um, I think he saw him as an attacking central midfielder. I don't think he saw him as an out and out number ten. Um, I think he's played in that role these last couple of games because he knows that he's not a hundred percent fit yet. He knows he's not up to the fitness levels that he should be, and he's wanted guys in behind him. And like I said at Farhill, he was able just to go out and play in that hole, play with a real freedom, you no know, behind the striker. Didn't have any defensive responsibilities. Um, I think eventually, if he gets him up to full speed, gets him up to full fitness, he would see him as an attacking central midfielder. Now that's that's difficult again in a in a four if he's going to play yeah. with a midfield four. Um, but certainly in a midfield three, if you had one sitter, for instance, and Ryan Jack, if you have two ahead of that, I think Pedro Cachina probably saw Pena and Dorans as the two that would that would go. The big problem for Rangers, I think, so far this season, uh, taking away Kenny Miller, but I think in that sort of number ten role, but I think even bigger than that has been left midfield because you've got yeah. Cranchar. We've had issues with Cranchar in terms yeah. of his mobility. So you're looking at Josh Windass coming in, but there's rarely been a more frustrating player in Scottish oh, football than Josh Windass. I mean, he's incredibly hot and cold, yeah. even sometimes within a five-minute spell. Unbelievable. Um, Graham Dorans for me, in the left side of a four-four-two. do you think he could slot in there if there was a way to, to do that? So who would you play centre midfield with Jack? Well, I think... More looking at the future, I think, uh, potentially roster. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, you'd be looking at probably Jack and Pena. I don't know if that just get, leaves you so defensively. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, what I would say about Graham Dorans is, I think he's Rangers' best player, right? I think he's got so much quality about him. And I don't think we've seen enough of it so far. And I think the reason for that is playing in a four he's been restricted slightly you can actually see him in games probably want to bomb forward and bomb into the box but he's wary of what's going on behind him and I think he's played I think he's played pretty cautiously so it's far it's game management for yeah, him yeah I think he's played, played pretty he's done pretty well at it so far Rangers need to find a way of releasing Dorans and letting him go and play and affect the game and influence the game more than he's doing now and that would, a way of doing that would be, as we spoke about, having Jack and someone else sitting with Dorans one forward. In terms of wide left, you're right about Windass. I mean, so frustrating in terms of, you watched him that first half against Motherwell at first part, the first day of the season. I mean, he was like Gareth Bale on the, the left wing. It was incredible for 45 minutes and then disappeared in the, in the second half. And he's been like that, he had a wee injury, he kind of came in and out. He came on against Dundee at Ibrooks and changed changed the game, gave them a kind of dynamism and energy wide left that Cranchar wasn't, wasn't giving them. But again, do you risk him in an all-firm game if he's if he's off the boil? Um, I don't think, you're talking about game management, discipline. I think Windass is a good footballer, but I worry about has he got that kind of football brain? I don't think he reads things well enough. You see it for how the other night, a couple of balls get fizzed into the back post. Yeah. He's not anticipating to go in and to go in and get them. He's got a chance of scoring. Um, I think his best position is in the left wing. 
Yeah. You know, in a, in a 4-3-3, where he, he's not really got any but, atta- yeah. defensive yeah. Uh, expectations on him. But you could... I mean, you're talking about Dorans, maybe where he'd left... What about Miller? Where he'd left? He's done that role before. That might be the way to, to get him in the team yeah. for this game. That could be the answer. If you don't trust Windass 100%, but you want to give Pena a game because you like him in that number 10... Maybe Miller's the answer, wide left. You can rely on him, he'll do a shift. And he'll get in the box. He'll get in the box at the back post because he's got that instinct and he can cut in the left on his stronger right foot. That might be a, an answer for, for Cushina. He's not got a lot of options, really, has he? He's got Windass, he's got Miller. Beyond that, you're... The, the other one, uh, somebody spoke to me about this morning, is will he, could he play Lee Hodgson at left back with Declan John, wide left? That's if Declan John even makes it, I suppose. Yeah, obviously, yeah, if he's fit. I mean, has, has John played there before? I think so. Right, I mean, he's, he's always been an attacking, an attacking left back. I mean, I don't think it'd be an issue for him playing, playing one forward. And mm. certainly, he's only played a couple of games, but he looked good uh, at Farhill in the the cup tie. Um, one to the ball on. Looked as if he's actually probably got a wee bit more quality in the final third than, than Lee Wallace might have. I mean, he probably lacks other attributes that Wallace has, but certainly when you get into the opposition half, into the areas where Rangers want him to get into, I think he, he's probably got a wee bit more quality than Wallace. So that would tell me that he probably could play that kind of wide left midfield role if 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 required. Um, but again, it's, it's Lee Hodgson playing... I know he's played at left back and he can do the job, but it's no his natural side. Up against Patrick Roberts, probably. Roberts. That's the graveyard shift. Uh, so it's a tough ask. It's a tough ask for anybody. Well, that's, that's I'm going to give you a tough ask now. <laughs> Celtic's weak points. I mean, I suppose I'll start and say if they play Ralston, he's a young man. It's his first old firm game. If it's Kenny Miller up against them, because obviously Ralston's a right back, hmm. I think Kenny Miller could potentially have some joy. Possibly. I mean, every young player, or I should say every young player who who doesn't have many games under his belt, when you say the same about, about Kieran Tierney, but any young player who's just come into a team and is still quite inexperienced, you, know, you would feel that they'll always be slightly vulnerable, and that's maybe where you can get at a team. Um but you saying that, so do you think they'll go Ralston, Lustig? Well, I was speaking to a mate who's a Celtic fan, and he thinks they'll play three at the back. Right. Um, but I don't know, because I think that there's a possibility Rodgers might see this as a very, very good practice run for the Anderlecht game yeah. in terms of how he's going to play. Yeah. Um, Rangers obviously being a higher standard than most of the teams that they're coming up against. So I don't know if they'll play the three, because the three strikes me as a as a sort of halfway house to accommodate players in this in the Scottish League yeah. rather than a, his preferred formation but the problem with the three for Celtic but it, it might not be a problem but the danger with the three is that you well, you maybe underestimate Rangers a wee bit in terms of you would then be using like a James Forrest or whatever in a wing back role or a Scott Sinclair or, or whoever it might be which or a Callum McGregor for instance might need to play a left wing back something like that so which is pretty attack-minded. You know, if you're going with a three and then you've got guys like that out wide, then I think that would be OK against lesser teams, with all due respect. But I think an old firm game at Ibrox, even Brendan Rodgers, with his philosophies and how he thinks 
would want to be a wee bit tighter than that. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Candias going up against something Taylor. like that because I mean he's a, he's certainly been the Rangers player I think over the last few games. Obviously he's had a a, a really bad miss amongst that, but uh, he scored a terrific goal. Great deliveries into the box, and he yeah. just seems to be a player. For me, he's one of the ones that, that, that can hurt Celtic because Celtic, if they do have a consistent issue, it's balls in the box. Yeah, you saw that against Dundee last night with the chances that they gave up. Craig it's Gordon like, can be a bit ropey and if we're talking generally, then if there's any weakness in Celtic, it's defensively, and, yeah. a lot, and a lot of that is due to the fact that Brendan Rodgers didn't sign a, a centre back. No, they're, they're it's clear that they're short in that department with, with some injuries. Simunovic is obviously a big doubt. Boyata's just came back into the team. Sviatchenko's still out. Beaton isn't a natural centre-back. Tierney isn't a natural centre-back, although he's proved he can, he can play there. So I think to answer your question, no, if there is any sort of weakness in Celtic, you need to get at them defensively um, and try and pose them a problem. As I say, there was wee... The Dundee game last night, it was only wee tiny snippets, but honestly, in the first 10 15 minutes of that game, the way Dundee set up, they caused them a problem with the pressing. There was a few occasions where Lustig Boyata got forced into knocking the ball out of the park, forced into mistakes. That's what Rangers are going to need to try and do, but obviously, sustain it for a, a much longer period in the game if they're going to, going to cause them a problem. Yeah, I think um, Derek McInnes, when it was the uh, cup final, uh, Celtic Aberdeen for long periods in that game, maybe 60 minutes they caused Celtic major, major problems with yeah. that high press yeah. um, so I think if Kashina can get them organised enough to yeah. uh, laser on to the nearest man yeah. and really, really press the ball properly then then I think it could have major implications for that's, the game but it's whether or not they can make it last long enough to that's what I was going to say, I mean, talking about laser on to people, I mean, if memory serves me right that cut final I think Dent McInnes might have actually said that after the game that basically Aberdeen just went man for man on Celtic just yeah. decided we press you've got your own man you press your own man and let's win individual battles that might be Rangers best hope because even if Celtic do have better players if you're up for it enough if you're organised enough well prepared enough you then rely on your players, go and win individual battles, go and do the job I'm asking you to do. And if you get enough guys on their game doing that, you can cause them a problem and you might you might get a result out of it. That that might be the No, there's a danger that Rangers overthink it and try and come up with a formation or a system that's a bit a bit different to try and you know, Which I thought they did in combat. In the last two games where Pedro was the manager and went in with a diamond. Yeah. You felt like, okay, I understand what you're trying to do there, trying yeah. to shut down Scott Brown or whatever, but it actually, it just didn't work. Didn't work, left the wide areas wide, wide open, which you just can't do against Celtic. But what we're speaking about, if they can I go that 4 2 3 1, if you like, um, and they do it press high with the crowd behind them at Ibrooks, no, individual battles, um, go man for man. I, I, I think that, that might be their best chance of getting a, getting a result. So I saw a, a, a journalist on Twitter last night talking about canvassing colleagues at 4-0, 5-0, 3-0. What's your prediction? Is it, it's hard to, it's hard, it is hard to see 
a Rangers victory. I don't. Th- I don't think we'll see a four in the last five though uh, on Saturday. I think Rangers. I think Rangers have improved. No, I've spoken about their weaknesses, and they're still, no, a long way off where Kashinya and the fans probably would want them to be. But they've improved considerably from from last season with the, with the players they've brought in and everything else. So. Celtic have got a big Champions League game they prepare for they've got a couple of injuries assuming Rangers have Alves fit which I think is crucial Declan John as well obviously to, to slot in at left back um, as I say I don't think the, the, the gap or the margin will be that big It's diff- let's be honest it's difficult to see Rangers winning it um, Spoke about what would it mean for Pedro Cascina if he if he pulls off a oh, win? It'd, it'd be massive. It'd be huge. And listen, there's no reason why he shouldn't think they can win. No, they shouldn't believe they can win. Of course they can win. I mean, we, we spoke about it in the office um, yesterday. A couple of guys in here. When Rangers had the nine in a row era, and were winning trophy after trophy, as much as they dominated Celtic in terms of success and silverware if you actually look back no individual firm results even when Celtic were at a low ebb and had some of their poorest teams they still won a few old firm games no they still even when Rangers were seen as this big no financial machine at that time as soon as and stuff and, and Walter Smith Celtic still came up with, with the odd result no yeah. I might not have got them a might not have got them a trophy or I remember Liam Brady's Celtic in 1991, 1992, winning 2-0, then 3-0. That's right. Uh, that's you right. know, and that was Celtic were... And that was against your Haley's, McCoy's, Walters. Yeah. You know, a right good Rangers team. So, that's my point is that we're almost getting kind of... Because of what's happened at Rangers, as we know, in, in recent history, because of what's happened in the last couple of years in terms of results against Celtic, no, you know, the fans are probably going into every old firm game now, thinking, "How many are we going to? How many are we going to get beat by?" But no, there's no reason why they can't. No, they can't compete with Celtic. No, for ninety minutes in a one-off game and try and get the result and for the for the whole place, for the punters, for the players, for the manager, it would absolutely not. It'd be massive for them just to show, right? One, no, the team's moving forward. It would change everything. Actually, it, it you think would, about the perception of Pedro. Yeah. If, if he was to inflict Brendan Rodgers, it sounds amazing to say this, but his first, first domestic, domestic defeat, defeat it's incredible. It, it would change the entire atmosphere around the club. You wouldn't be yeah. hearing... And unfortunately, the flip side is that if they do lose, and lose heavily, I don't think Pedro Cusinha would lose his job immediately. I think there'd be a bit of pressure. I think there'd be a few people calling for that, yeah. if, particularly <clears> if it was a heavy defeat. But I think what would happen is that if they lose heavily, fall further behind, performance isn't great, we would then go into a, a period of Pedro Cusinha's then living game by game, you know, because you then go into their next game, which is Friday night away at Hamilton, and if there's any slip up there, it's catastrophe. So they win that, and then I think well, they get international break, so they go to Canada, even when they come back their first game, away to St Johnson on a Friday night banana skins everywhere exactly tough if you beat Celtic though suddenly as you say the whole complexion changes um, 
So that's what's at stake for Cashinha and the players, and they'll know that. I mean, every every Rangers Celtic games, big, but for him, you know, with this new team that he's assembled, um, this is absolutely crucial that, that they that they at least show up, you know, they show something, they show that they can compete. Listen, they might lose by the odd goal, they could get a point or whatever. Um, but they at least need to show something that there's an improvement there, there's progression, and that Celtic aren't going to get it, get it all their own way. Just finally, I think our colleague Keith Jackson was talking in his column on Monday about um, the boards watching the result of this game quite closely. Do you feel that the boards are, are putting Pedro under a little bit of pressure here? Do you think that they they feel that they've got value for money out? Out the signs, I think the signings. If you start looking at how the signings have been, you've got a success in terms of Morelos. Candias yeah. is looking good. Yeah. I mean, Peña and Herrera, you can see the jury's out. They've still scored the pair yeah. of them. And, you know, they've, they've. I don't think they've settled as badly as some people think. Jack and Dorans. Jack and Dorans are looking good. Um, you're already seeing Declan John look pretty good. Yeah. So there's certainly none of them have been an, an outright disaster. Yeah. I mean, Peña was a lot of money, but. Daltio maybe he's only on loan yeah of course no I, I don't think there's major pressure on him from the board at the moment um, and we've spoken about this before the board have put so much faith in him they believe as they did when they appointed him that this guy is going to be here for the long haul this is a the guy they want to build the place up they've got a new director of football they see him as being the long term answer they, they believe in him but no fan power is a big thing, and you can't you can't be losing old firm games five one at Ibrox regularly. I mean, he's got a way with one. He's had a bad European exit. Aberdeen have won at Ibrox the first time in twenty six years. We've spoken about it before. I mean, he's got some he's got some sore ones on his CV already as Rangers manager. In terms of what the board be looking at it, of course they'll be looking at it. No, the result's one thing. As I say, they might lose by the odd goal. But it's the manner, isn't it's it? It's the manner. It's the manner in which they, they, need, they need to show something. If the board are sitting there and Rangers lose 2-1 and they've played really well, you know, maybe lost a late goal or whatever, you'll not tell me Pedro Cassini's got to be under major pressure. But, you know, there's sensible people that are going to look and see an improvement, see a bit of progression. You know, everyone at Rangers knows they're still behind Celtic financially and on a you know, on the playing front. So but if they're sitting there on Saturday at two o'clock and it's been another you know, embarrassing defeat as the as the five one game was for them then as I said before, I think it then becomes a, a high pressure situation and you're then going game by game. Uh, it's kinda it's like doing much after that because if anything else goes wrong then he's he's in trouble. Okay, Scott, so if, if you're going to your local bookie, if the fans listen to this, they're going to local bookies, what do you suggest that they stick on? Score? Uh, I would suggest... I think both teams will score. I think both teams will score. But I think Celtic will probably, will probably edge it. So maybe 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one or 3-1 Celtic. Um, and as, be- as, as I say, as much as Rangers fans would be disappointed in that result, of course they would. It'll be all about the manner of the the defeat or the manner of how they play and the, and the flip side is if they can somehow get a point or even get a win 
it would just lift the place so much it'd be it'd be massive for them. Uh, I'm gonna go for a two two draw. Yeah. Your heart's really your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's all from us this week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane and Scott is... Scott McDermott 8. So feel free to get in touch and give us lots of abuse. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us there too. Thanks for listening.